0: My name is Stephanie Eden. Welcome to Higher Mind. A podcast featuring conscious content. Listen to interviews with a variety of different characters that give insight into their world. This podcast is a catalyst. Tune into the frequency of inspiration. A tune and a line to a higher mind.
1: My name is Anna Dao, I am originally from Mali, I am 57 years old, uh, I've been living in New York City for the past 25 years. My daytime job is office administration and my story, my uh, passion is storytelling.
0: So before you came to New York, you were in Mali yes. or somewhere else?
1: I was in Mali, uh, I traveled quite a bit, uh, my, my father was a diplomat. So, very early on, we traveled to the United States, and then to uh, Germany, Belgium, France, came back to Mali, then came to Canada for five years, and then went back to Mali.
0: So, in essence, you are a real nomad.
1: Yes. And I feel comfortable everywhere, and everywhere is home. Wow.
0: We met at a meeting from Baha'i. uh uh-huh. Yes. And... I think the first question is, do you do that often?
1: I discovered the Baha'i meaningful conversation on Facebook. Uh, It came at a time, it it was perfect timing for me because it came at a time where I wanted to have a space where I can talk about or share experience about uh, the divine but without the religious connotation to it. And to find a space that is accepting of other faith, system beliefs, and where you can express yourself while being mindful of others' also uh, faith and beliefs. Mm. And I found out that we have much more in common than uh, than we think, because basically faith preceded religion. So our belief in one is what brings us together, Now, how you decide to worship or how you decide to show your love for the one, that's entirely different. That's where religion comes in. Mm -hmm. And what brought us in was this conversation about spirituality with no denomination. The hosts are of Baha'i faith, but they are not putting that on anybody. No. So it's that acceptance that I was actually, that I had been looking for for quite a while, but just kind of realized with uh, the meaningful conversation.
0: So do you use these meetings also as inspiration for your
1: projects? No, they are more, I think that they are more uh, teaching tools for me in terms of at some point in my spiritual quest, uh, as I felt comfortable with my relationship with uh, the divine, uh, I also was acutely aware that I needed to hear other voices. Uh, you cannot stay in a state of contentment because otherwise you start being certainties. You start having certainties, and to me, life is about not having certainties. Mm-hmm. The minute you start having certainties, that's when your ego starts coming in, and you think that you know, and then you know you start to indoctrinate people with your uh, thoughts. And mm-hmm. I'm not interested in that wanted to hear other voices, other, other way of thinking that were going to challenge my own truth and push me to dig a little bit deeper to get to that another level of truth.
0: Which I hope you did, yeah. but you gave me another <laughs> level of truth, which was amazing. Um, but we're going to get into that a little mm. later. Um, so as far as your profession... You came here to New York, mm-hmm. and did you go to school here?
1: No, I went to school in Canada, and then for 10 years I worked for different offices of the United Nations in Mali. I was able to do some radio, uh, public um, radio interviews, uh, and I wrote for some, I was a columnist also, because I always like to do many things. I get bored very easily, mm-hmm. so I need to be I have my hands on many things. And after that, he was like you know what? I'm tired of being in Mali. Let me go see what the world is about. And that was that love of traveling came from the childhood, but also from my mother, who always say, "Listen, don't stay still, move, see what other cultures are about. You have one truth, but it's not the only truth." Mm. Oh,
0: I like that. That's a wise <laughs> woman. Is that is you showed me a photo? That in the was meeting. my grandmother. Grandmother. Oh, okay.
1: And these are the two women, I believe my grandmother and my mother who were essential in uh, bringing me, or making me aware of our culture, mm-hmm. faith, mm-hmm. have a sense of belonging, and a responsibility but come with a sense of belonging, because you belong to a community, but your also job in that community is to make sure that you make the younger generation, the generation that comes after you, feel that they also belong. So it cannot be all about you. Mm-mm.
0: You're making a bridge because um, you already made columns, you wrote columns, Then you did some radio, Mm
1: -hmm. as in as a host, or as a host, like a public, a public, yeah, a public, yes, public affairs.
0: So it's not a stretch to now write a book.
1: No, what I'll share with you is that I feel that I'm indebted to those who have come before me for all that they have poured in me, and because it is oral tradition, I feel that. My generation is almost the last dinosaurs in terms of if we don't find a way to record it, it's going to be lost because the younger generation have no interest in looking back. Mm. So we have to find a way for the medium that we have to kind of let them know that, listen, this is a rich culture. You don't have to look. You can look outside, but first find out what you're about.
0: Yeah, We are worlds apart when it comes to culture and heritage but I felt you, because I feel like somewhere inside I'm looking for this, because it's not in our country. This kind of information is not there, so there's nothing to pass on.
1: It's, I think it's, I wouldn't say it's not there. I think that it's the way the world has evolved. Um, Well, you were saying some pretty interesting (laughs) things and terms that you use that I'm pretty sure that we never, never did. No, but I think that culturally every civilization has something to offer. Right. Everybody comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And every but somewhere offered something. Mm-hmm. The reason why it gets lost is that because we got lost in this material world, this technology that is very shiny but that doesn't give you roots. It doesn't give you a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. I am all for, I love science and what it has brought us. I love technology and what it has brought us. But the flip side of it is that then we have this, and I don't want to generalize, but just from my observation, you have younger generation coming up thinking that the world is just that and forgetting that in order to appreciate to its fullest, you need to also have something that is as intangible as knowing where you come from. Mm-hmm. So that you give what you do purpose. That's what's going to fuel. Mm-hmm.
0: You wasn't in between two cultures. You were actually between more cultures. Because you were Yeah, yes. because you were traveling so much. But how did you experience that as a child? What it, was hard about it? What was really nice about it?
1: It wasn't hard. Why? Because before me... My parents and my grandparents had gone through that. Uh, Mali was colonized by the French, mm-hmm. so as a French colony, uh, I saw my grandmother I, not i didn 't see my grandmother and my, my my mother talked about their experience as living uh, living in a country that were under the French rules, and from there. Uh, there was the fight for liberation, and then Mali became independent in 1960. But before that, we had the traditional religion But basically, around the 13th century, Islam started coming in mm-hmm. and started saying, okay, this is not the, the way of your elders, is not the right way. Started imposing Islam, and then around the 18th century, Christianity came in. So after struggle these three faiths Mm -hmm. had to learn to cohabit, find a way to cohabit. Mm -hmm. And I think that for the longest time, uh, Mali was this tolerant country because people had learned from different faiths, from different backgrounds, from different colors, from different experiences, had, after fighting, had learned to live together. Mm -hmm. So from that... You could, and it wasn't, today is not politically correct, mm-hmm. but I know that growing up, I would hear Christian making fun of Muslim and Muslim making fun of Christian. And then when there were events, they would all come together and pray or do whatever they needed to share as neighbors. Mm-hmm. Because first and foremost, you are neighbors. And then how you practice your faith, that is something that is personal. So communities first. first. Oh. Community first. And my great-grandfather, when he immigrated from another country to Mali, he got a piece of land after the elders and the community did the investigation to know is he going to be a good neighbor? Was he a good father? Was he a good provider? They did have the qualities that made sure that he would be a plus. For the community, mm-hmm. and after they investigated, knew where he was coming from, that's where they gave, gave him, he didn't buy, they gave him a piece of land to be part of the community. Alone, you go faster. Together, you go further. Mm-hmm. That's the entire thing. And so what I, what I was telling about the meeting is that that sense of community is embedded in you from the day you come into the earth. Why? Because every child that is born with, within that year, uh, those who are three months apart are going to be playmates. Those are six months apart. And so you, have, you don't play with your brothers and sisters. You play with the children that are the same age that, than you, that are from the neighborhood. Why? to get a sense of community. Mm-hmm. So if you're older, you're going to play together, but your responsibility is also going to be to watch over the younger one and to be to, to be responsible in terms of responding um, uh, to each other. If somebody makes a mistake, it's the entire group that's going to be punished. The elders are not going to ask who did what. Mm. You are accountable for each other. That's Mm. what I was looking for. You are accountable for each other. Accountability. And so my father's generation, until uh, 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 until now, or for those who are surviving, they have known each other from the time that we were like two, three years old. Because those are the, the, the young people who used to get together, that sense of community, that you watch over one another. You don't uh, tell on each other. Mm. And you lean on each other's strength. Some are good in farming. Others are going to be good in uh, uh, the observation of plants and knowing what what cures what. And so as you grow up, that's when the elder will come in. Those who are good in farming are going to go with certain elders and be taught the secrets of farming, mm-hmm. those who are good who they see that we have an inclination for the plants and the trees are going to be with another group of elders, those who are good with just teaching are going to be etc. So that each find a purpose and a place in the community and that sense of responsibility that okay we are passing on the knowledge that we have acquired with the responsibility for you to go further and add to that knowledge.
0: And then the the beauty of that is is it comes natural. It to comes you, naturally so you because it's your natural em,
1: exactly. It's a wow. natural environment. It's a natural environment.
0: Yes. So do do the elders observe that, or do they have guidance of like do they call in the ancestors? Do they, they have, have
1: your, okay, medicine? So How does that work? I I, I told you about the geomancer, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> so basically. And I don't know how they do it, but this is the three things enter into account. The month the woman becomes pregnant, the cycle of the moon
0: mm-hmm.
1: are going to determine the char- certain char- characteristic of a child. And then, right after you are born, the elders get together and they do the geomancy of your star and your life. And from there, that's why I showed you my ring. But every one of us that comes into the world, we are attached to some, to an earthy Mm. metal. Gold, bronze, uh, silver, and then your fire water. So for me, for example, it was a combination of silver with a touch of gold. And my spirit is water. And so from there, everything that has to be to do with water, I love. Because that's where my spirit is. Mm. Right? Yeah. But it's not just me. It's every child that is born. And for me, my grandmother made sure that, okay, I got the ring. And so, from the time I was maybe five or six, I had a ring of different sh- different size, mm-hmm. but it has always been the silver ring with that pointy piece mm-hmm. of gold. And I love silver, but that's my metal. Mm-hmm. That's the metal that symbolizes my spirit and water.
0: So, how, what did they see in you,
1: as far as that is what? We, what is what is deeply kept as a secret because it's geomancy, so what basically what they do is that they have the, uh, what you call it, the secret uh, code or the secret incantation. Incantation. And then what they do is that, because everything is earthy, so they sit around uh, and they have this pile of um, dust that they put and they start drawing the signs. To see, basically to have an idea of what are the stars or what are the spirits that are watching over you. And once they do that, then they know, basically they kind of get an idea of what kind of person that you're going to be. Mm. And and the reason why they do that is because then as you develop, they are going to do everything in terms of their teaching to make sure that it is, it complements. Oh, compliments. It's a you. compliment to your character. Mm. That's why it is so important to kind of know what is the child about, so that you can pour in what is going to enhance it, enhance that child mm. and give he or she a purpose life where he or she can recognize himself or herself. Mm. What kind of made me want to talk about uh, the, uh, the sense of community, uh, the sense mm. of finding a purpose, or to have some kind of faith mm is uh, the rate that young people here seem to be killing each other and seem to be lost. Uh, every couple of months, you have a school shooting, mm. you have a mall shooting, you have a movie shooting, you have somebody who shoots somebody, so a bunch of people. And my, my, uh, my after the politician come in with their rhetoric about let's pray and let's not and have their fight, At the end of the day, these are families that have been forever destroyed and changed. Mm -hmm. And we haven't addressed or we don't talk about what is it that makes a young man or a young woman lose so much hope and reach so much darkness and despair that getting out and killing a certain number of people while going out becomes the only solution to 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 living. Mm. What is that dark place? Mm. Where does it come from? You can say uh, it's easy or not I'm not going to say easy. It's we say mental illness. In communities where I come from, it's not that mental illness didn't exist. But because there was a community, there were always somebody who was watching over, because we were watching over each other. Whoever wasn't feeling well didn't feel it that much because there was always a sense of there are people taking care of you, mm-hmm. there are people right beside you. Mm-hmm. So that sense of isolation that builds up into something so dark, how do we address it? What do we do about it? How do we talk to young people? It's not enough to say, oh, guns is not good, or we're going to control the, the, the guns. It's that crisis, in, that crisis in spirituality, that crisis in community, that breakdown in communities that I think in some ways I feel that the teaching of my elders can kind of help preach.
0: Right. But then the first step is to convey this to the people close to you, closest to you, if you have trouble with that, like, how do you even reach external?
1: My uh, my nephews and my nieces, because they are living with their parents who have been raised the mm-hmm. same way that I've been, are receiving it. When I go home, I do share. But they are already receiving it through their parents. Mm-hmm. I'm here, and so I think you work where you are, you know, And this is a situation that for the past decades has been escalating slowly, but every time we hear this is one killing too many. But what is it that we do about it? So after the news flash, after being praying, what is it that we're doing to reach out? What is it that we're doing to fundamentally make make a change?
0: So how do you see that? How do you see yourself doing that?
1: I think that some of the Baha'i programs in terms of reaching out to the young people and talking, uh, addressing faith from a very young age. Mm -hmm. Who are you? What is it that you want to do? Why do you want to do the things that you want to do? Addressing that from a very early age, like 8, 9, 10, 11, will allow us To kind of, even if it's to shift the thinking into, oh, I never thought, and kind of make it palpable that they have, they belong, they have a higher purpose. And just because they might be in a difficult situation at home is not a reflection of how their life is going to end up. Give that spark of hope. Uh, We have a saying back home that the most beautiful thing that the divine gave men, humankind, was hope. Because it is that hope, that light of hope, that kind of changes how you see humanity and makes you believe in you and the goodness of the world again. Mm. It's that hope that pushes you to go even further right yes and so it is my purpose is not saying the world is great but it's to give a light of hope to someone Mm. to say you know what yeah maybe i can try this way Mm. and know that if they fall there is this center there is this elder that they can come back to and say it didn't work out so what do i do now Mm. right because we are responsible i my, my my sense is i have to give back so i am responsible I am part of the solution. It might not be the solution, but you know. But maybe it will work because it is not based on something that is written and that is A, B, C, follow the steps. Mm-hmm. It's just about living the experience, acknowledging that people are in pain, people are going through some stuff. But everything, and that's again something from home. Everything that you are, someone has been before you.
0: Exactly like so that. So you're
1: not. Your experience in Mm -hmm. terms of your emotion Mm -hmm. is not anything new. And so if I can give you that light of hope, telling you that, yes, I have been through, or I know somebody who has been through, and this is how they pull, not for you to repeat what they have done, but for you to then create your own path. Mm -hmm.
0: Did you ever lose your light of hope? Like, have you had periods in your life where...
1: It was hard for you to keep it for yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the beauty of it, is that faith helps. Mm. Because uh, going back to faith, it's that uh, we have framed what is not frameable, which is our idea of God and what God represents, right? Mm but for we have framed it why because we need to have an understanding of it anything that we cannot frame we are not going to be able to grasp so i think that faith as it gets deeper is that thing where you cannot be in contentment all the time you are going to have spaces of despair you're going to be a place where it hurts we're going to wait a minute why am i in this situation today But the beauty is, no matter how desperate you get, at some point, something is going to, there's going to be a click, and then you're going to go back to your center. My grandmother used to tell me that once you have this threat with God, you're going to go back and forth, but the threat is always going to bring you back to the center. God is just going to pull you. The divinity is going to pull you, and you're going to say, wait a minute, hold up, let me Let me breathe here. I don't know what's going on, but right now I need help. And I have done it. And it doesn't mean that things went my way, but things went the best way that we were supposed to. And at the end, even when I don't understand everything, I'm grateful for the experience because it had allowed me to kind of get a deeper understanding of what the divinity is about. Something that I cannot grasp.
0: Do you ever have any intentions of going back
1: to Mali? Yeah I go every two years. No to stay. To stay probably when I retire. Uh, mm. <laughs> See, I was wondering about that. <laughs> probably when I retire, uh, God willing is because I, I like being I'm an earthy person. I like having my feet on the ground. Uh, I like filling the sun, I like that if I garden my vegetables that I can kind of, you know, uh, cut them right there and have them natural, you know. Every time I go home, one of the things that I appreciate the most is because they don't use the kind of process. there's no processed food, everything, my palate mm. is in heaven. Everything tastes. <laughs> 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 the mango that are coming down from the tree, my, 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 some of my siblings have papaya trees in their house. And so you go there, they cut the papaya, they say, "Oh, is that papaya? I haven't tasted papaya in a very long time because the papaya here doesn't have that, it mm-hmm. doesn't have that scent. Mm-hmm i yeah. um, excuse the dates that I tried to offer you <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry. <laughs> so yeah, Fine. I I like that. Even yeah. though we are losing some of it now, I like that life is simple. But there is a, a good thing about having a simple life. Mm. This was quite a meeting, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share what I feel is my heritage. It's a legacy that I've been left with, but that legacy came with a responsibility. It's not mine to keep. And so I want you, I really want to thank you. I'm grateful to you for giving me the opportunity to share it with your listeners. Thank thank you you. so
0: much for coming. Thank
1: you, thank you. (laughs) And
0: sharing your, your mind with us and your heart. Thank you so much. And the history that's behind those beautiful eyes of yours. Thank you. Blessings.
1: Blessings.